Cause for Action is brought to you by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Institute for Legal Reform, the leading legal reform advocate in the U.S. and around the world. Learn more at instituteforlegalreform.com. Hey, everyone, and welcome to today's Cause for Action podcast sponsored by the U.S. Chamber Institute for Legal Reform. Uh, We really hope that our subscribers will hit that subscribe button. We got great content and we have a terrific discussion today. Uh, Normally, we talk to lawyers, we talk to policy experts, political experts, but this time we're talking to the future of our legal profession. And we are really thrilled to have two law students from the Howard University School of Law join us today. Uh, By way of background, a couple of years ago, the Chamber started its Equality of Opportunity Initiative to really develop real and sustainable solutions to help close race-based opportunity gaps, especially in the legal profession. And it was really important to us to engage with historic black colleges and universities and their law schools. We started with Howard University And we've really had a terrific experience, and we could say that firsthand from the IOR perspective by bringing in truly talented future lawyers. And so we have two with us today with Ryan Duff and Kayla Morton. Uh, Ryan is a third-year law student at Howard University Law School. Uh, he, He was a summer legal fellow in 2021, and he recently finished a summer associate gig at the White and Case Law Firm in New York. And Ryan, I understand that you're also involved with the Howard University International Moot Court team. Do I got that right? Yeah, got it right on all three counts. Um, I think it was really interesting. I was the first uh, legal reform fellow, and it's been really amazing to watch the program grow and to watch ILR work with Howard. I know different students have had different internships, and it's been really amazing to hear their experiences. I think everyone's enjoyed their time. Yeah, well, we'll definitely uh, talk a little more about that, and uh, really happy to have you on. Um, Kayla, welcome. It's great having you. Kayla is a second-year law student in Howard, and she was our most recent summer legal fellow. Uh, She's been accepted into Howard's Intellectual Property Patent Clinic, and she recently interviewed with the Manhattan DA's office for a summer position. You know, I, I remember when I was in law school, Early on as a, as a lawyer, Robert Morgenthau was the Manhattan DA of legendary, legendary fame and uh, someone who really defined that office. And I'd love to talk to you more about that uh, as we go through this podcast. A fun fact about Kayla, and I never knew this, Kayla, and you should have told me this over the summer, that you are an avid baker who once owned your own small bakery business. That's really cool. <laughs> Yes, I am. It's actually, that was actually going to be a fun fact that I was going to share on the podcast today. Um, but yes, baking is definitely something I love to do in my free time and something I definitely plan to get back to in terms of business at some point in my life. Yeah. Well, are we talking like cupcakes, brownies, pies? We're talking uh, cupcakes, fully decorated tiered fondant cakes. We're talking cake pops. We're talking all types of treats and decorations. Just I'm very, very passionate about that. I love to bake. That's one thing about me for sure. Well, I'm getting hungry. I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> hungry. I guess mine's getting hungry too, just thinking about it. I'm jealous of her Thanksgiving table next week. It sounds like it's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, guys, you know, I, I'm an old timer, I guess. I went to law school back in the early 90s um, at Catholic University. And, you know, the, the experience for me was pretty intense. You know, I remember my 
Civ Pro professor, you know, really old school. You know, you had to stand up uh, when you were asked a question. And, you know, sometimes the professor would pick people in the back of the room, front of the room. I was kind of the back the backbencher who tried to avoid the questions. But, you know, how, how is the law school experience now? Do you have pretty intense professors that really dive into the Socratic method? Or is it more digital since you guys are all digital natives and the practice of law has, has evolved so significantly? Let me start with you, Brian. I think for me, and I think it's very interesting because my entire 1L was entirely virtual, uh, happening just at the fall of 2020. And for me, although it was virtual, our professors are definitely old school and they definitely try to stick to the Socratic method as much as possible over Zoom. So we still had Zoom cold calls and you were, you might have been in your bedroom wearing your pajamas, but you still had to understand what you were talking about. You were still put on that spot and you still you still felt very nervous, even though you were in your room. So for us, it was very, very similar experience. I guess transitioning to in person, it kind of was, you kind of had both worlds. Like, you know, we had the virtual and we had the in person, but the Socratic method and our professors, especially my CIPRO professor, stuck to that as much as possible. So, and I think on Zoom, you had nowhere to hide. They, they could see all the screens and see all of you and right. still were getting called. <laughs> And uh, Kayla, I mean, I guess uh, you being the most recent one, Al, I guess same sort of situation, or are you having more of the in-person aspect of, uh, of learning now? Uh, yeah, so we're definitely, like, they're very big on being in-person right now. They provide, a, you know, a digital place for students just in case they get sick or something, but right. mostly we're in class, and like he said, we're doing the Socratic method, we're getting cold called, we need to be prepared on the depth of the drawing to talk about anything the professor is ready to discuss. And so very much old school, law school is still the same, Harold. And we're all experiencing the same cold call. And law school, it will be law school. That's what I can say about it, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm just really interested to see how the study of law has evolved. Not, not that I'm going to go back to law school anytime soon. <laughs> but, you know, I, I remember like spending time in the library and actually going to the real books or, you know, when you had to shepherdize something, you would have to actually go to the books and the pocket parts, the blue book, all of these things. So when it comes to just, let's say legal research, is everything digital? I mean, does Howard University Law School even have real books or is it all just show? Kayla, let me start with you. So it's interesting because we were just talking about how there's been a generation change, um, just me and a few of my uh, colleagues from school. And we were talking about how we don't go into the stacks in the library. We don't need to search through books because we're using LexisNexis and we're on Westlaw. And right. so there is just this big change. And so I do say that in terms of studying and in terms of the way we approach the material individually, we are using a more digital aspect. We aren't looking inside the stacks and books for answers because being Gen Z, we have new technology available to us. And so our learning experience is definitely changing. Yeah. Well, you guys are digital natives. I mean, it's just, it's an incredible generation at, a, at an incredibly interesting time. I mean, Ryan, you were a summer associate, associating, <laughs> I'll use a verb. Uh, you were a summer associate at White and Case up in New York. Um, I'm sure you did a lot of research and legal analysis. I mean, how did 
how did you deal with research? I mean, were you using, you know, the digital assets more so than, you know, other sources? Yes. Uh, I think definitely using a lot of Westlaw, a lot of Lexus, Lexus. Yeah. Um, definitely on my computer mostly for uh, research. But I think it was also important because uh, White Case is such a huge international firm that we were working with persons who were in different countries, different offices. And I think the digital experience was beneficial to that system. So whether we were working on a case that dealt with something happening in Europe or in Asia, there was always that, there was always that connection because of the virtual resources that we had at the, we have at the time now. So I think although we are that tech generation and I think it's very interesting everyone's discussed, I can't even imagine having to shepherdize not using the, like the different tabs that they have. Um, and I think it's so interesting the differences. Um, and even talking to some older attorneys, everyone's just, I kind of amazed at the differences. Like talking about working from home was not a thing before COVID as much as it is now. Right. So, and so I think it's really interesting to watch how, you know, we're, everything is constantly changing or we're adapting to new, new requirements. Of course, yeah. there's the good and the, there's the bad. I think an older attorney told me that for them, if you were out of the office, people really couldn't reach you. I, I don't necessarily think that's the way it works now. Now, there's so much accessibility. So I think for us, it's very difficult to balance how accessible we are with the fact that, you know, we, we still have work to do, but at the same time, still trying to have that balance. Yeah. I mean, what's going to be really interesting for me to see, like, let's say the next five, 10 years, what, what will the practice of law look like? What will trial work look like? You know, I think that we, we as a country have become much more accustomed to using Zoom and Teams and these digital platforms. But, you know, how does that translate into the adjudication of disputes, whether it's an arbitration, whether it's a trial, you know, and are these technologies going to have a, an impact one way or the other in, um, you know, the outcome of cases? And I guess it's it's to be seen, but you're, you guys are going to be at the forefront of all of this, which is really, really interesting, at least for me. Hey, you know, I, I read uh, I read in the news a couple of weeks ago, I guess a group of Howard Law students um, went to the White House and visited with the vice president. I don't know if you uh, were, were privy to that or you were in the room or not, but I thought that was pretty cool. Same. I did just briefly see it through a school email, which is amazing to see uh, some of the fellow Howard Law students being engaged in that way. Um, so, yeah, just in interesting and great news, honestly. Yeah, you know, I think it's one of the, the real benefits of being a law school in the Beltway. You know, having Congress right down the street, you know, the White House, the U.S. Supreme Court, the federal courts. I mean, it's really... They say that D.C. is really a town for lawyers. And, um, you know, that seems to be, the visit to the White House seems to be a testament to that. For sure. Yeah, I think so, too. It's really amazing the opportunities that were provided at Howard. Being in D.C. Uh, and being at Howard, it's like a perfect match. I think it really allows different Howard students, depending on their interests. I think the students who visited uh, Vice President Kamala Harris were the like SBA representatives and different um, representatives of different student groups. And it's so amazing that that opportunity is there. Yeah. Well, so speaking of being a law school 
in the D.C. area. Let's talk about your chamber experience. I, I will tell you, as president of the Institute for Legal Reform, that we were and continue to be absolutely thrilled that you joined our organizations, our organization um, during the summer of this year and last year. And we're just thrilled to have you. Uh, but, you know, we'd like to get your feedback. I mean, what were your biggest takeaways from working at the chamber for the summer as a legal fellow? And, and uh, I'll go with ladies first and the most recent experience with Kayla. So, Kayla, um, be completely honest. And, uh, you know, and, and at the end of the day, we can always edit this. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Um, so I'm just going to say that overall, I felt like it was a great experience for me and it was definitely a great first step because this was my first, you know, legal position post 1L. And, um, I just was able to be involved with so much at the chamber. Like I wasn't limited to the things that the ILR were specifically working on. So I handled those matters and I worked with Rachel on that, but also the bridge and the communication was open with so many other departments. And so I was able to work with the general counsel's office and I was uh, downstairs in the litigation center learning things from other people. And I just was able to talk to so many different attorneys, not even just particularly in the chamber, but outsourced that you work with from firms. And so that was really big for me being a first generation law student because I don't have that accessibility to attorneys to, you know, just call someone and say, hey, how do I do this? Or can I have some advice surrounding this? And so I had a summer filled with advice from attorneys and I had a summer filled with learning how to do uh, business legal memo writing, which was different um, post 1L because it my writing during my 1L year had been completely focused on advocacy and, you know, winning for my client and making sure my client succeeds um, or prevails. And so I was able to pick up on that skill as well. And so I have to appreciate that from the chamber because now I've seen both aspects of it. Now I've seen the advocacy memo writing and I've seen the legal memo business writing. And that was adaptability for me. And so I just appreciate my experience at the chamber and anything I wanted to be involved in. I, they were an email away or I just had to go to Stephanie and she would have bridged that communication for me. And so just a great experience. Well, well, thank you, Kayla. And I, I, I can assure our listeners that uh, this was not coached for me at all, but uh, <laughs> your honest feedback. Ryan? Honest feedback. <laughs> and this I, isn't coached either. Uh, this isn't coached either, but I would just love to echo all of Kayla's statements. I think as a first legal job after 1L, the, uh, the fellowship was amazing. And I think it was perfect because it really gave gave me, again, as a first-generation law student, exposure to so many different attorneys who were always super helpful. I would, I kept in contact even after my summer, uh, particularly through the International Moot Court. Um, different attorneys were willing to help judge our presentations. I was able to reach out to attorneys like Matt, Savoy, Oriana, who gave me advice before I started my um, associate associateship at White and Case, and I think it was just a testimony to how reliable and how helpful all of the attorneys at ILR were to me personally. I think I found a space for people who cared about my like legal development post the summer, and yeah. I really just enjoyed that. I think everyone really made sure they were a resource during and after, and I think for me that was the most important thing, as this was my first legal job. And that mentorship really carried through 
to me being at a law firm and to me being a third-year law student. I think some of the things I learned over the summer, particularly like Kayla was talking about, like business memos and what the needs of clients look like, really informed how I was a law student and how I understood these issues. So I really enjoyed my uh, summer. I think it really taught me the importance of networking, the importance of like meeting and interviewing and speaking with different people. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think, you know, as I, and we've talked about this before, just not, not, not only as are we going to talk about this on this podcast, but, you know, the chamber is unique because it redefines what advocacy means. Because I think at our core, what lawyers do is that we're advocates, you know, we analyze problems, we come up with solutions, and it just comes up in a very different context. You know, it's either in the public policy realm, uh, but it's definitely in the context of advancing the interests of the business community, which, um, you know, is is one of the the reasons we have a vibrant democracy, um, the fact that we have a, a free enterprise system and it's small businesses, big businesses, and, you know, they're faced with challenges every day. And so I'm glad you all were able to have a front row seat uh, in terms of seeing how being a lawyer can really be a... a in a myriad of situations, including at the U.S. Chamber. So, Kayla, tell, tell me a little bit about uh, your interests in the Manhattan DA gig. That seems like a very, very, very sharp departure from where you were at the Chamber. Uh, well, not a well, sharp departure from the Chamber, but not a sharp departure from just my general interest. And so, if uh, we look at my resume, or if an employer was to look at my resume, they would kind of see that I do have um, an interest in criminal justice and my undergraduate experience kind of reflects that. And so um, what I was able to gauge through my summer at the chamber is I do want to gain experience with trial work and I do want to be able to advocate and have that work be directly reflected um, in the community to aid the, a lot of the violence and a lot of the issues inside New York. And just being from New York, I understand that there are lots of things going on in our community that need to be fixed. And so I'm also very interested in directly going to Manhattan because of D.A. Brad, who I also had the opportunity to sit down and speak with. And I just love that he's an agent for change. And he's just he has a great vision for where he wants to take the office. And so it's very important to me who I'm working under. It's not just I uh, want to go to any DA's office. It's the vision and the ideologies must align. And so that's why I'm specifically uh, interested in working in Manhattan. Yeah, I, you know, I when I was practicing law, I did some trial work. And it is the most, for me, the most exciting uh, aspect of being a lawyer because it, it is your true essence of what an advocate is as you're in front of a jury or in front of a judge. And Ryan, I know that uh, given your experiences with the moot court, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about how that has actually you know, shaped your views as a, as a future lawyer as you study for the bar and as you look to practice law? I mean, what impact has that had on you personally and professionally? I think for me, uh, being on the international mood court team was extremely important because it exposed me to different areas of the law that I did not necessarily know anything about, such as international law for one, and also private international law as well. So currently, I'm an extern at the World Bank in its ICSID unit, and so that's the International Center for Settlement of Investment Disputes, and that is directly connected to the work I've been doing on international mood court teams. So for me, I think it really just showcased to me that there's always a global perspective to think about. 
And that directly reflects what I was experiencing while I was at the chamber, just understanding that this the advocacy that you do as an attorney has great impact, and it can be both domestic and global. So now it just really exposed me to just the vastness of the legal profession, which was good and bad. <laughs> the good was the exposure. The bad was it made it a little bit more difficult for me to choose, like, necessarily what type of practice that I want to end up in. However, I think it's just really good to know that there's these wide variety of different things that I can do. And I think that was the best thing for me. And I also love oral advocacy as well. I love public speaking. So that all combined to be a really great uh, opportunity for me to continue to develop those skills. Excellent, excellent. I mean, you guys both are just so impressive. Um, I have to really hand it to Dean Holly Walker, you know, for, for what she's done and, you know, developing new talent, the, the talent pipeline for the legal profession. And we're so absolutely thrilled to to be engaged with you and look forward to seeing the development of your legal careers because we will be connected uh, throughout the months and the years. So uh, last question um, and, and a little whimsical. Uh, so my probably favorite legal movie of all time is A Few Good Men, like how Tom Cruise is in the courtroom. I'm going to have to ask you, when it comes to cinematic thrillers in the legal arena, what would be your number one choice? I'll start with you, Kayla. Okay, I'm definitely going with my cousin Benny. Uh, my, I, fir I first saw it in high school, 10th grade, business law class, my first law-related uh, academic course. And I love this. And just at first, just because it was funny. But now, as I watch it, like, as I've entered law school, and especially because we were just watching it in my evidence course, um, for we were looking at expert witness and lay witness testimony, and we watched the fiancé uh, testify. And so... It is a very different lens I see it through now, but a classic for sure for me. Those two youths, when the two youths <laughs> went into the sack of suds. <laughs> Great movie. Um, okay, Ryan, what, what is yours? Oh, for me, I wouldn't say it's a movie, it's a series, um, How to Get Away with Murder. And for me, I think it's just really incredible, I think. Viola Davis does an amazing job, and her closing arguments are inspiring. If ever I'm in court doing a closing argument, I want to be that convincing, <laughs> because uh, she's incredibly amazing and incredibly uh, convincing. I think it just goes to show, like, you know, all advocacy is amazing. So that, that would be my favorite, How to Get Away with Murder. All right, well, I, I think I know what I'm going to have to binge watch uh, over yes. Thanksgiving. I highly recommend. <laughs> well, look, Kayla, Ryan, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Uh, for our listeners, again, please hit that subscribe button. If you have questions, you can always reach us at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Um, hey, Stephanie, uh, what is the email address for any questions or follow-ups? Sure. If you would like to email ILR, it's ILR at uschamber.com. Fantastic. And thank you for joining us, Stephanie. Please send so with questions, that, comments. We're going to start doing a mailbag uh, as we open up these podcasts in 2023. As Bill Walton says, stay positive, test negative. Take care, all. <laughs>